And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. Verse 18, and ye... In any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it, you may be seated. Bishop, do you want to pray over this service before we get started? Yes, sir. In the name of Jesus. God, your word is anointed. Your anointing is resting on your man's servant. Let it rest on this congregation. Let us have an open heart and mind. Let the words that are spoken be engrafted in our heart. God allowed to go forth in power, in liberty, in demonstration, in manifestation. And God, I come against any distraction by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm asking God that your purpose will be fulfilled in the ministry of the word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Bishop. Thank you very much. I will start the clock now. I'm I'm just kidding. Sister Massey, you really brought it home. You confirmed some things in the spirit this morning. Uh, Everyone online, if you have not been able to, uh, if you missed the first service, make sure you go back and hear this morning. Uh, it's going to really make sense because uh, what the Lord had given me and what I had been wrestling with for quite some time, and I even this morning I said, Lord, are you sure this is what you want me to minister on? I want to make sure that I'm, I'm on track. And, and he said, yes. He didn't give me nothing else, so I have to proceed. But we understand the story of Jericho and what Joshua was given uh, by the word of God. And uh, there's, there's something that came to my mind, uh, and I actually put it in my notes because I wanted to make sure I included it and talked about it. Uh, but I was going to save it for the end, but I think it fits better in the beginning. So I'm going to talk about it right now. Just recently, I had a diagnosis from my dermatologist that I had a little skin cancer. And it's just really odd that Sister Massey brought it up. But I, I was wrestling with it. I, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid at all. But then one day, the Lord talked to me. He says, Mike, I, I, I want you to understand why I wanted you to experience this. He says, because I want you to understand what it does, what cancer does to the body. And he says, um, so I'll let you go through this. It's the best way for you to understand things is when I go through it. I'm, I'm not that I'm hard-headed or anything, but I do learn things this way. And so when I, I had no problem going to the doctor and getting the diagnosis and realizing that I had a skin cancer on my ear, there was a really aggressive type too. And so they went, I went, I set myself in the chair and they gave me the local anesthesia and they started removing the tissue that was contaminated. And it's, and it's not very comfortable. It's a, it's a very eerie situation because your ear, you can hear everything. You can't feel it because we've got a local anesthesia, but you can hear everything. So it's kind of, but it was necessary to remove that tissue from the area. I had to be removed from the body. 
And then when I got to, when they got through, I didn't, I couldn't tell what they were doing. And so when I actually, when they left the room, I got my camera out and I took a picture of myself. I'm like, oh man, they put, they removed a lot to the point it actually had to go down into the cartilage of my ear. So it was, uh, it was a pretty traumatic opening to the point that they had to go and remove tissue from another area of my, my neck and graft a covering to that area. Bishop, it's not very comfortable when you have to remove things from the body. It does cause discomfort for the whole body. And um, I noticed that with the graft, it was very significant because you have to remove good tissue from another part of the body and place it over the, so it'll heal, so it'll become whole, so it'll complete itself. So seeing that and understanding what God had put me through with this experience led me to understand with what God's trying to do here in the body. So in the book of Joshua in chapter, uh, chapter 6 and verse 18, he told everybody, nobody was ignorant of this. Nobody can say, I didn't know. But we understand that what he was talking about was the accursed thing. There was a reason. And we look at what the, the, I had to dig in and understand. It's like, yeah, I know what an accursed thing is. It's something you leave it alone. And it's like a scorpion is an accursed thing. You do not touch it because it will touch you. But the entire city was a cursed thing. So now my curiosity starts going. It's like, what, what are you talking about, Lord? What are you trying to tell me? And so we understand that the accursed thing is something that needs to be utterly destroyed. It's, it's something that has uh, uh, been uh, even a thing that's perforated. It needs to be removed. And so um, we know the story of Joshua in the battle of Jericho. The children of Israel obeyed God. They, they marched around the city. They, 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 they did exactly what they were told. They were obedient to the man of God. To the, to the walls fell and in such a manner that the army could just walk into the city. And the, and the army of the Lord just took everything that was supposed to be taken. The only thing that was supposed to be spared was the silver gold, vessels of brass, and iron, and those are to be consecrated to the Lord, and they should come into the treasury of the Lord. And so when the, the battle it was, was over and they went up, and, and then after everything had calmed down, the next city that they were going to come to was Ai, and when they sent a smaller army, a smaller force of men to take Ai, because it was a much smaller town, much smaller city, Everything went dreadfully wrong. Joshua called all the houses of Judah. Finally, standing in front of them was one man, Achan. And so today we want to take a little bit closer look at what Achan did. What was the sin of Achan? And we understand that uh, there's, there's some items that he took 
when, he, when they went in to sack the city of Jericho. And I asked, the Lord asked me, he says, uh, what is the relevance of those things that he took? Why did he take those things? And what was it that he took? And I, I want to take this second to thank Bishop for making me have the understanding to go dig, to do some research, to do some, some, turn some scriptures over, turn some, use, use your resources and try to find out some stuff. Because you learn some things that uh, I'd always thought when I was in, in church, I always assumed that it was money. That he went in and he took uh, 200 shekels of silver and 50 shekels of gold and somebody's coat. I didn't know. So digging into it, I found out some things. Uh, some of you may have already done this Bible study, so it was maybe not new to you, but it was extremely new to me. Uh, the silver uh, pieces was actually maybe an assembly of something. It doesn't really specifically say what it was, but it was whatever it was, it was approximately five pounds of silver. The, the word shekel is not necessarily a unit of currency. It is a unit of weight. So you're looking at something that weighs approximately five pounds, and it was in pieces. So there's a good reason to believe that it was part of the idolatry of Jericho. Okay, and then when he took this sword, it actually, the Bible says it was a wedge of gold, but when you start looking at what the word they used to translate wedge, it was actually used the word tongue. And some, some commentaries kind of brought it out as, you know, they also used that word as a small ceremonial sword or a small knife that uh, is maybe in the shape of a tongue. So there's, there's, there's opportunity there thinking of, you know, you're in a pagan city in a pagan world that uh, there's bound to be some perverseness there that this knife was used in some sacrificial or some mode of, of ceremony that would be very corrupt. And then there was the cloak. It was called the Babylonian cloak. And in some, some uh, translations, it's actually called the cloak of Shinar. It's actually a little more detailed. There's something specific going on about the cloak. It's not just a, a piece of cloth. It's not a sheet. It's not something that you would just, a, a, a lap blanket. It's not that. This is a very rich and embellished cloak. This cloak was embellished with fine gold and colors, and they would assume it was purple, and it was for royalty. It had meaning to it. It was something that was, it was from the, uh, the uh, sultan of Shinar. And so this was a very valuable garment, true, but it wasn't necessarily the fact of the financial value as it was the significance of the meaning of the garment. Whose it belonged to? Who did it belong to? And so the garment meant something to Achan. He not only admired the beauty and the craftsmanship of this item, but he identified with it. He identified with the authority of this cloak. He identified with what those items were that were made out of silver. He wasn't just a collector. He wasn't just somebody that was going through a rummage sale and finding something of value. He actually found something that, that he resonated with. It agreed with him. He was attracted to it. And the gold, wedge of gold, the wedge whether it was a sword or it was some, some kind of an uh, ornament or a piece of ritual piece, 
uh, he took those items, and what did he do with it? He hid it. He put it in his house. He brought it home and put it under his tent, in the, which I can only imagine, and right in the middle of the floor, where he knew it was and he could get to it really quick because he wanted to be able to go back and look at it from time to time. But the, 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 the thing that really stirred me was just trying to understand more about these pieces. What was it about these pieces? Why did he steal? Why did he take these things from God that was supposed to be consecrated to the storehouse of God? And so I started looking into Jericho, just trying to understand Jericho. I, I, I didn't realize this, but Jericho is one of the oldest civilizations on the planet. It's almost uh, over 9,000, uh, it was established over like 9,000 B.C. So uh, it was during the age that Jericho fell, was during the Bronze Age. And uh, when they went through this, there was a god that they worshipped at that city. This was the Mecca Center. This was the, this is where everything happened was in Jericho. And the name of the city of Jericho, when you go to the Canaanite word of what that word was used for that city, it actually meant lunar or moon god. So the origin of this city was built on paganism. Now, we have a lot of things here today that we, we recognize, the crescent moon or the moon things that are associated with the moon, and that there are many pagan uh, gods that you come through history. I started, and if you got time to do a deep dive on this, go ahead, but it's, it's going to take, take you a long time because this is a very, very interesting topic. But it went through these different uh, eras and different gods and goddesses that represented the lunar deities. And when you look up lunar deity, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you into left field. So be careful uh, to uh, do it on your own risk and if you've got time to do it. But it goes all the way down into Roman mythology and the, the, the uh, deity uh, Diana, which is also mentioned in the New Testament. In Acts chapter verse nineteen, chapter nineteen, verse twenty-four, they converted Demetrius. He was a silversmith, and he they converted him into Christianity. and And he he turned away. He turned away from what he used to make. What was his What was his craft? He he was a silversmith. He made religious objects to the goddess Diana, and uh, the Diana of the Ephesians. And this upset the Ephesians very much. You don't mess with their, what they worship. They were very upset about that. And so we see in the Word of God what happened. Well, when you go and you start digging into some of the more history into the Greek mythology and how, it, how that, that goddess of Ephesians ties into Greek mythology, and it even ties into another uh, Diana, which is the Princess Diana, of uh, Thymarasia, which is the capital of the city of the Amazons in Greek mythology. And then when blended into society, uh, outside of her homeland, she, she adopts a civilian name called Diana Prince. And in her Justice League name, they call her Wonder Woman. The accused thing has survived all the way through time because Achan couldn't leave well enough alone. 
and there today, we still have the same attributes, and they don't just call them gods anymore. They call them superheroes. And here we are, and we'll allow these little things to slip right into our house, right under our noses. And you wonder why your children are struggling. You wonder, you don't understand what they're going through. I don't understand what they're going through. How can they? The world is just bombing these kids with this stuff. Day after day, every piece of media that you get. How do I know? Because I was a kid. This stuff didn't start yesterday. This stuff started a long time ago. As a matter of fact, 9,000 B.C. So if you think this is something new and it's something that we're just discovering, you're gravely mistaken because the devil's not playing. He's here to take as much as he can. He's taking trophies away from us as much as he can. And Achan identified with these items that he took from the city of Jericho, and he stole them for God, and he connected with them. He hid them in his house right in the middle of where he lived, and he kept close. And he knew he had sinned. He knew he had sinned because what did he do? He hid them. And so today I want to ask you, what do you have hidden in your tent? This world is accursed, but you're not of this world. Will you let it destroy you and your children? No. I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to take, this was what's so hard, Bishop. I had to look and make sure, I had to look in my house. I just like, I have to self-examine. I have to look and make sure that there is nothing that is going to disrupt my home. And I am so thankful that Jesus paid the price for my sins on Calvary. Because if you look at what happened to Achan, when Achan's sin was discovered, they stoned him his wife, his children, his livestock, his property, and they put it in a pile and they burned it because it was, you have to understand how dangerous this sin is. Oh, you want to split hairs and, oh, it's not a heaven or hell issue? You want to argue that point? Go talk to Aiken. This is very serious. This is very serious. And the last question I want to leave you with before I hand this over to uh, Brother Garza, is don't make the man of God call your name. Don't make the man of God have to call your name. Search yourself. Search your heart. Find what it is that the Lord is not happy with because this church has somewhere to go. God has his hand on us. He is using this church to reach the lost. And if we're going to reach this city, there cannot be any accursed thing among us.